You all ready for the word? Shall we dig into it? John chapter 1, verses 1 to 17. Oh, I didn't say welcome to our newbies. Welcome, new people. Glad you're here. Um, um, my name's Jesse. I probably should have even said that. Um, I'm, my wife and I have a lead pastors here, and uh, we're glad that you're here. Our whole team is super stoked that you're here, and we've got a gift for you after the service. And so Pastor Sean will get back up and encourage you to get your free gift on the way out. But right now, we're going to go to John chapter 1, verses 1 to 17. Uh, bit of a heads up, though. Uh, one of the hardest times of the year to make, to, to, make, uh, to, to prepare a sermon is, is December. Okay, and and that's because um, everybody's like it it better be a super Christmassy thing, or we're going to give you a bad review, and um, and so you got all this pressure, right? It's always got to be about Christmas for like four weeks in a row, and I'm like, man, I'm so ADHD, I don't even know how to talk about one topic for the whole sermon, let alone four weeks in a row. And so, um, so I find it really difficult to prepare in December. Uh, I'm like, but what if God wants it? Anyway, and so I, um, so, but today it does kind of, we're using this uh, Christmas passage or this moment, you know, talking about the coming of Jesus Christ. Uh, and we're going to talk about uh, truth and, and, and grace. And it's going to be really fun. So, um, so John chapter 1, verses 1 to 17, uh, the word became flesh. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. Um, if you're wondering what that's talking about in, in, this, in this passage, Jesus Christ is referred to as the Word. Someone say, Word. Y'all seen Lethal Weapon? Word, Dad. Word, Son. Right? Jesus Christ is the Word. All right? And uh, so it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, because it's Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Right? Trinity. And in the beginning, we have the, the, we have the Word, we have the Father, and we have the Spirit of God hovering over the waters of the deep, right? So we have had the Trinity from the beginning, yeah? He was in the beginning with God, and all things were made through Him, and without Him, not anything that was made was made. Uh, in Him, it was life, and the life was the light of men. That light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Come on, amen? <clears throat> there was then a man sent by God whose name was John. He came as a witness to bear witness to the light that all might believe in him. Sorry, believe through him. He was not the light, but he came to talk about the light. The true light, which gives light to everybody, was coming into the world. He was in the world and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. I feel like that's where we are. That's where We're in his world. It was made through him. He's in the world, but the world doesn't know him. It's our job to change that, amen? He came to his own people and his own people didn't even receive him. But to those who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of the will of God, amen? And the word became flesh and it dwelt among us. And as we, sorry, and we have seen his glory, glory as the only son from the father, full of grace and full of truth. Come on, let's pray. If you want to receive from God, just reach out your hands. We're going to pray for you. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your word today. May it encourage us and inspire us and remind us how good you are. But God, we don't just come here because we feel good or we want to leave inspired or we want to be. But we came here, God, because we want to lift up your name. Because you said that if you be lifted up, you will draw all men unto yourself, God. So it's our goal, Lord God, it's, it's our heart to lift up your name. 
to speak the name of Jesus, to tell people about you, Lord God. And I pray today that you would show each and every one of us what we need to see that we could all uh, better serve you and better follow you this week. We're here for you. We're here to worship you, to grow closer to you and to become more like you. This is your time, not ours. So God, we ask you to move in our hearts and minds in Jesus' name. And everybody who agreed said, Amen. Amen. Come on, high five your neighbor and say, I speak Jesus. That first passage that I read to you was a bit of a setup, and um, not only was that passage a setup for my sermon, but it's a setup for the Christ who is coming, right? And so when John wrote that, he's setting the stage. He's letting you know, the, the guy that I'm talking about, the guy that's coming, this is who he is, this is what he's done, this is who you need to know, right? And so it's a bit of a setup, and, but it's also a setup for my message today. And so I want to throw a couple of quick things at you about that passage, and then we'll dig into what I think is the main thing that God wants us to hear from this passage this week. So in the beginning was the Word, right? And the, the Word was God, and the Word was with God, yeah? And, and so this, this term Word, it's a very theological term, and it, it, it packs more than just like one thing, you know, as does a, a lot of different things. It's like the number seven in Scripture, right? Like, like it, it unpacks a lot. Um, there, there's a lot more to it, but, and, I, and I'm not going to try to give you everything that this could possibly mean in your life, um, but I want to talk about how when God spoke, everything that was made was made when God spoke, right? Because, and, and, and how Jesus is called the Word, yeah? And that what's really cool about this, though, is that words are expressions in communication, right? Like when you want to communicate something to your spouse, you need to use words, right? Like, you know, like, well, I, I didn't know that's what you meant. Well, like I often say that Lauren and I, like when she says uh, fine, it doesn't always mean fine. Um, but, when, but then when I say fine, she interprets it through how she uses words. And I'm like, when I say fine, I mean fine. Right? But, but words are how we commune. My wife, when she says fine, she means fine, you know, every time. She, she never has the hidden meanings behind the, the way she's saying it at all. She's just very even-keeled. Best woman on the planet. I'm, I need to get on with my sermon. I don't want to die. Words, words are expressions, right? How we communicate. And, and I'm not saying that, that, that Jesus Christ as the word is just an expression in that like modality. There's this concept that, 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 that Jesus is how God expressed himself and then the Holy Spirit is how God expressed it. And then the Father. No, no, no. We see from the beginning that God is always Father, Son, Holy Spirit all the time at the same time. Oh God, right? So it's not he's sometimes the Spirit and sometimes Jesus and sometimes the Father. He's not like water where sometimes it's liquid, sometimes he's steam, sometimes he's ice. No, he's always God, always the Son, always the Father, always the Spirit at the same time. Trinity, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. You understand what I'm saying? <clears throat> But what? But they all do unique things. They, they all have certain, so to speak in our terms, jobs to do, right? And, and, and Jesus being the Word is how God communicated grace and truth to you. 
It's how he communicated to you that he's got grace for you and that, and that there's truth for you to live in. For God so loved the world that he sent his only son that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. And then Jesus came, the word came, full of grace and full of truth. Jesus coming to earth is how God communicated to you, I love you and my grace covers you while you live your life in pursuit of the truth. Right, And so what he's saying is, here's the truth, and, and, and I'm coming to give that to you. But I also know that you can't tick all those boxes, so my grace will sustain you on your way. Are you all with me, right? I'm setting this up. Now, this sounds super amazing because, you know, like, you know, grace and truth and yay, you know, and that sounds amazing. Everybody's like, yay, that's beautiful. And, and, and immediately when you start preaching grace and truth, there's people in the room who are excited about one or the other. But the fact is, the truth is, most people don't want both grace and truth. Most people don't want both. In fact, I'd say all of us, myself included, lean, have an inclination towards one or the other. And a lot of people only want one at all, right? They either want truth, 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 or grace, 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 grace. Most people want to have all grace or all truth. The problem is both of those on their own lead to pain and suffering. All truth, you want that message? Well, you know what? You're not good enough for that message. You're not. And you will never be good enough for that message. All truth, you have messed things up. You have. And you will. And so if you only want truth, this is what's wrong with you. This is what's wrong with you. This is what you will live your life depressed, realizing I will never be able to be good enough. I will never be able to be that good. All truth sucks. Absolutely sucks. All grace, you will never ever find victory. <clears throat> if all it is is grace, oh, we, that's excused and that's excused and that's excused and that's excused and you can do that and that's fine and everything that you think and everything that you do and everything that you want, it's all fine. There's grace upon grace upon grace, right? But the problem with grace upon grace upon grace with no truth, right? It is grace upon grace upon grace. With truth, though. But grace without truth, you'll never find victory. You'll never find freedom from your past. You'll never overcome your sin. You'll always be stuck in the same garbage that you're stuck in now, and it will never, ever get any better. No truth means no growth. So you end up in bitterness and pain and destruction. But Jesus came full of grace and full of truth. Come on, right? So now we're about to get into the sermon, right? So that John sets that up for us. This is how he came, right? He's saying, I came full of grace and full of truth. So here's the truth. This is what you need to do with your life, but my grace sustains your salvation on your journey. It's beautiful. It, it's perfect like that. It's amazing, right? Like what an incredible story that we can have both. You can have your cake and eat it too in this story. But then God sent the New Testament's first evangelist, John the Baptist. His entire job is to talk about Jesus. So the title of my message today is, I Speak Jesus, all right? And uh, we, we, we sing them this song today. We're going to sing it again in about, in about 
20 or so minutes uh, and, uh, and we're going to sing it over our city and we're going to sing it over our schools and we're going to sing it over our families. We're going to speak Jesus over our communities. We're going to speak Jesus over our Christmases. Amen. Um, but first, we're going we're gonna to hit some nuggets first. So, uh, There was a man sent by God whose name was John. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but he came to bear witness about the light. Can I tell you that that calling is the same calling on your life? That's the same thing. The first person called to talk about Jesus and the next person called to talk about Jesus and you. You're all called to talk about Jesus. John was the first one. You're the next one. We're all sent by God to talk about the light, to talk about the word, to talk about the grace, to talk about the truth of Jesus Christ. There was a man sent by God. His name was Jesse. There was a man sent by God. His name was Riley. There was a man sent by God. His name was E.M. Not really, but that's his abbreviation. There was a man sent by God. His name was Gary. There was a woman sent by God. Her name was Laura. There was a woman sent by God. Her name was Jane. Do you hear what I'm saying? There was, you're sent by God. You're sent by God to talk about this Savior, Jesus Christ. I'm telling you right now that everywhere you go, God sent you. Come on, look at your neighbor and say, God sent me. Guys, look at, the, look at your wife and say, I'm heaven sent. God sent me to you, baby. So I wake up every morning. I say it to Lauren. God sent me here. Everywhere you go, everywhere you go, you've been sent by the Father, empowered by the Holy Spirit to speak about Jesus, the truth and the grace of God. Amen. See, that, 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 that they, they, the truth and the grace of God came to earth because God loved us so much. It's our job to speak Jesus over our families. It's our job to speak Jesus over our schools, over our workplaces. Speak the name of Jesus over Des Moines, over Clive, Audubon, Adele, and Iowa. We speak Jesus over the United States of America. Amen. We speak Jesus. But what does it mean to speak Jesus? What does it mean? We're singing a great song. What does it even mean? We're all like, yeah, I speak Jesus. What does it mean? Does it, does it, does it mean to roll up to school and be like, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus? Well, maybe that's part of it. Part of it is literally praying, Jesus, over my school. Jesus, come and invade my school. Jesus, come and touch the hearts of the kids and the faculty and the teachers in my school. Jesus, may your name be lifted high in my classroom and among my friends. May the name of Jesus be the name above all names at Valley West, at Shula. May the name of Jesus be the name above all names in Norwalk, in Waukee, and in Urbandale. May the name of Jesus be the name above all names in Dallas Center Grimes. Yes, Jesus touched the hearts of my co-workers at Wells Fargo. Come on, touch the hearts of my co-workers at High V and at Mercy Medical. Yes, that's all a big part of it. We're called to, to pray, to pray that Jesus would be lifted high uh, in those places. We pray that, that people would hear the name of Jesus and bow their knees and worship Him. Pray that the peace of Jesus that surpasses all understanding would come and invade their hearts and guard their hearts to Yes, that's absolutely, we're called to pray and speak the name of Jesus over our schools and our workplaces, our colleges and our colleagues. But we're also called to go 
into those places and preach the name of Jesus. Not just pray the name of Jesus over them, but to speak Jesus in them, amen? To talk about Jesus in those places, not just over them. It's not just speak Jesus over our schools, but, that, but to speak about Jesus in our schools, in our government, right? Right? In our city halls, in our schools. Come on, people like separation of church and state. Listen, I'm an immigrant, and even I know that's not in, in the Constitution, can, can we go there? Separation of church and state, it's not in there. All right? Like, everyone's like, you got to say, no, 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 number one, you have the freedom of religion, not the freedom from religion. All right? You have the freedom to choose whether or not you're going to be involved, but you don't have freedom from religion, and you don't have this separation of church and state garbage. That's not even in there. Thomas Jefferson said that in a letter when he was in France. Is too much, right? He wasn't even in America when he wrote it, right? Come on, people, right? What I'm saying is we want Jesus in our schools. We want Jesus in our governments. We need people not just speaking Jesus over government, but lifting his name up in the government, lifting his name up in the schools, lifting his name up in the city halls, amen? We need more of Jesus in these places, Talking about Jesus, it's talking about his heart, it's talking about the truth, talking about his love, talking about the healing that he offers, talking about the word of God, talking about God's design and plans for people's lives and how God wants to bless and protect those who have become children of God, amen? It's talking about how Jesus came full of grace and full of truth. And as you do that, you're bringing Jesus to your workplace, as you do that, you're bringing Jesus to your schools, to your families, to your colleges and colleagues, amen. But there's a couple of reasons why people won't talk about Jesus, and I want to hit those on the head today. There's a couple of main reasons why, why people shut their mouths and stop talking about Jesus. And, and I think that's really important to talk about this time of year, all right? See, th th this is Christmas season, and some people are afraid to talk about Jesus in a season that's about Jesus, and I think we need to talk about that. And the first reason is, and I believe this, they care more about offending people than offending God. So they stop talking about Jesus. Oh, I don't want to offend anybody. I don't want to lose a customer. I don't want to hurt their feelings. So we gradually start removing Jesus from the conversations, from the institutions, from our businesses, from our schools. Come on, like, like on his own holiday, we're like, we're just not going to talk about that. The world is so intentional in the way they're removing Jesus from Christmas. So we have to so intentionally put Jesus in Christmas. I'm not saying the world needs to talk about Jesus. I'm not saying they need to. I'm saying you need to. Hey, I've never been offended when a non-Christian doesn't say Merry Christmas to me. All right? I just can't believe Christians are scared to say it. See, when I say they're, talk, they're taking Jesus out of Christmas, some people are always like, yeah, he's talking about that Xmas thing. No, I'm not. <clears throat> Just FYI, a little, little, little bit of history for you. Um, the X in Xmas means Christ. 
okay? It, it's, that, that, that it was no one's intention to take Christ from Christmas when they made it Xmas. X is the first letter of the word Christ in the Greek, and so it means Christ, and, and, it's, and it's no more insulting than J. Newman for Jesse Newman. Y'all know that? Find a different hill to die on. That ain't it. All right? That, that ain't it. All right? I'm talking about how it's happy holidays and seasons greetings. What? Come on. Can we get back to Merry Christmas? Can we stop being afraid to offend people by celebrating Jesus Christ coming to earth? Season, seasons. I hate getting. You know what? If you're an atheist, send me a season's greeting card. I'm fine with that. If you're Jewish, send me, some, send me happy Hanukkah, whatever, right? But if you're a Christian sending me season's greetings, I will burn your Christmas card. <laughs> Grow, get stronger. <laughs> uh, that was close. That was so close. Get tougher, Right? You want to send your season? Why didn't you send me a season's greeting in spring? It's a season two. If you want to send me season's greetings, I want one for every season. Just picking a season. What's so special about this? I'll tell you what's special. It's Christmas. We're celebrating the moment that Jesus Christ came to earth. Sounded better with earth instead of earth. People not being allowed to say Merry Christmas at school. You know what, ma'am? Sir, you don't have to say it, but I'm going to say it. Kids not allowed to hand out Christmas cards to their friends in case they're, what if they've got a Jewish friend? What if they've got an atheist? Shut up. No, I'm trying not to say that. Be quiet. All right. It's all, well, if hearing the word Christmas offends you, I put it to you, you need to be born again. And talking about Jesus is how we're going to get there. Amen? It's ridiculous. I've had, see, it's not just they don't want to say Christmas. They want to get Christmas out of you. It's not just they don't want to talk about Jesus. They want to stop you talking about Jesus. When I say they, that's what the devil wants. Less Jesus. Less lifting Jesus up. Less Jesus in schools. Less Jesus at your workplace. Less Jesus in your home. Of course that's his plan. I've had Christians try to tell me that they don't want to say Merry Christmas at their business in case it offends a customer. I'm like, what you really mean is I don't want to talk about Jesus in case I lose money. Really, you scared about losing money if you speak about Jesus like God called you to? There was a you sent by God to talk about Jesus? Come on. At the time of year where we literally celebrate the fact that he came to earth to save you from your sin. While you were dead in your sin, Christ died for you. We can't talk about that because you might lose eight bucks fifty. Nah. Nah, 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 nah. You know, Charlie, my, my, who's met Charlie? He's my third born and he's bat crap crazy. Nah, he is. It's, it just it just is what it is, you know. He's crazy, and uh, I love it. It's cool. He's he's actually the one who's probably most like me when I was a kid, just just nuts, right? It's payback time. But the cool thing is, um, I go. Uh, Lauren looks after him more than I do, so she's getting the punishment. 
Charlie's name means free man. And that figures, doesn't it? Like that was prophetic, right? And uh, his name means free man. Imagine we're like, Charlie, your name offends people in prison. So from now on, little dude, we're just going to call you kid, call you boy. And on your birthday, actually, we're just going to call it the day we give the little blonde kid presents. What does that tell Charlie? You think it's hyperbole? It's the same. It tells Charlie I care more about others than I do about him. That's what it tells people. If we stop saying Jesus, if we stop talking about Jesus because it offends other people, it doesn't just indicate that you care more about the world than Jesus. It straight up is an examination that shows you that you do, in fact, care more about the world than Jesus. I'm not just talking about Christmas. I'm talking about in general. If you're worried about talking about Jesus anywhere you go because it might offend someone, can I tell you, you care more about them than you do about Jesus. That's the truth. See, talking about Jesus is offensive. It's offensive. He's offensive. Like I said at the start, truth is offensive to many people, isn't it? Grace is offensive to just as many people. You don't believe me? Watch this. Abortion is sin. That's offensive to lots of people. Grace, if Hitler repented and gave his life to Christ before he died, he might be in heaven with us. It's offensive. Grace and truth are both equally offensive. Because everybody's got their line of, well... I don't want to talk about that. And, and the grace people got their line about, well, it's grace for me, but not for thee. You know, it, it, it's offensive, isn't it? Jesus was on earth offending people left, right, and center. And I don't mean ideologically. I mean everywhere he went, right? People over here, people over there. Everywhere he went, Jesus was offending people. In fact, at one point, the disciples come up to Jesus, and they're like, hey, bro, you offended those Pharisee dudes over there? And Jesus was like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. Maybe go and explain the fact that they're going to hell in a nicer way for them. But try to avoid the trigger words. It needs to stay safe. And then they had a little meeting afterwards and Jesus was like, you know what, guys? We've been a bit offensive with the whole, you, if you don't believe in me, I am the way and I am the truth and I am the life. It, it's been offending people, you know. So, so in future, let's avoid words like sin, death, murder, murder, thief, lies, hell, evil, one true God for sure. Let's not use that one anymore. That offends the people who have all the other gods. Oh, and damnation? They hate that. We've got to get all these trigger words out of our vocabulary. No, no, that's not what Jesus did. They're like, dude, you offended the Pharisees. He's like, it's the blind leading the blind. Let's go. And just walked off. Wiped the dust off his feet and said, all right then. See, he wasn't trying to offend everybody. He's not like getting out at home going, what are the trigger words? Let's get them all into one sentence. This will be, no, 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 he's just saying, here's the truth, here's the grace, I've got to talk about it. If that offends them, peace out. 
See, and on one of the many occasions he talked about people getting offended at us or hating us for talking about him, he told us to wipe the dust off our feet and keep moving on because they hated him first and they're going to hate us if we talk about him. And so I get worried if no one hates me, am I talking about him? That's what Jesus said, right? Grace and truth, amen. But we're called to keep doing it no matter how sensitive culture gets to the name of Jesus and the truth of his word. He is the word and the word is in us. And the only way to let the word out is to open up our mouths, amen. And because we love these people, we're going to speak Jesus no matter how many times they tell us not to because their affirmation and their sensibilities are not my God. My God wants them to know the truth so they can be set free and become children of God. So I speak Jesus. So I speak about Jesus. Because talking about Jesus, it doesn't only offend people. Come on. The name of Jesus sets people free. It's not just, oh, this is offensive. It's not, I want to talk about this because I want to hurt. No, it's, it's, it, it may offend, but it's also going to release people. The name of Jesus scares the heck out of demons, brings provision in people's lives, brings healing to sick people, brings hope to the hopeless, binds up the brokenhearted, breaks chains, sets captives free, reconciles people with God, their creator, restores families. The name of Jesus is powerful. The name of Jesus, the name above every name, it not only offends people, but it releases people into God's call and plan for their lives. Amen. The only reason the name of Jesus offends people and Merry Christmas and whatever else, and the only reason talking about Jesus offends people is because it offends the devil who's got hold of them. That's why they're offended. So when talking about Jesus offends people, I know that it's the devil who's offended and I ain't afraid of him. He's under my feet, amen. And I don't make my decisions based on the devil's sensibilities. People are not my God and neither is he. So I'm going to speak the name of Jesus over every family and over every workplace and over every city. And everywhere I go, I'm going to talk about Jesus and I'm going to talk about his church and I'm going to talk about his people and I'm going to talk about his word everywhere I go. I'm sitting at cafes. I'm going to talk about it. I'm not going to whisper it. Why do we have to whisper? They get to yell. Why do we have to whisper? Come on, I'm not ashamed of the fact that I talk about the Word of God. Can someone say amen? The world is hurting because they don't know Jesus. So clearly the answer is not less, but more Jesus. Can I get an amen? Y'all with me? Is it all right so far? We good? Cool, 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 cool. I think another part of why people stop talking about Jesus, or at least stop talking about who he really is, is because they start enjoying the attention. They've been talking about Jesus for a while now, and they're enjoying the glory that can come from talking about Jesus, and they want to keep the glory. What I mean is like, it was nice talking about the grace of Jesus, but the truth's a little harder. And, and, and I don't get as much love and affection and affirmation when I talk about the harder things. People won't like me as much if I talk about this stuff. Or maybe if they're on the other side, they might be like, people like this, but not that, you know. You know, like, I, I, I want to share the grace. I don't want to offend. 
Sometimes we don't want to offend because we get misguided into thinking that that's what's best for people. It's not. It's not what's best for people. But sometimes it's really because we, we don't want to lose the crowds, lose the adoration, lose the glory. We've been standing next to Jesus for so long that we've started to really enjoy all the people that are looking toward us, worshiping while people are... Fa- I'm talking like pastors. See, this happens to us as well. Right, we, We're up on stage, people are looking at the stage and we're like, this is nice. If I talk about this other side of this, this other part of Jesus' personality, then maybe people won't look up here and there'll be less people out there and we won't get that adoration and we won't feel all, all that glory here. Right? We've begun to think that the glory is ours, but the glory is His. Maybe if we're a worship leader, we, we've begun to think the people who are worshiping while facing toward us, that, that the worship is for us, but it's for Him. We start to think we're the one, we're the big idea, we're the Savior. Grace, uh, God's idea of truth and grace is, is o- o- okay, but, but my idea of grace and grace is even better. Or God's idea of truth and grace is all right, but my idea of truth and truth is better? No. No, 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 no. It's not our glory. It's not our mission. It didn't come from us, and the glory is not for us. We're pointing to Him. Amen? See, this opportunity came to John the Baptist. Some people had begun to think that perhaps he was the Messiah, right? So he's out there and he's preaching and he's doing his thing and, and, and you know, he's got crowds and thousands of people are looking at Johnny the Baptist and, and they're like, dude is on fire. Fastest growing pre-church church in history. Like this dude's on fire. And they start looking at him and someone comes up and goes, bro, are you the Messiah? In fact, a, a group of, are you the Messiah? Interesting, isn't it? Like, at that point, and this is before the internet, where you, when you can Google who the Messiah is, like, 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 they're looking at him, and they're like, maybe this is God. Maybe this is the Messiah right here. This guy, John, is, the, is God on earth now, and, and he could have said yes. Dude could have been like, yeah, that's me, and it would have worked out. Some people have been like, nah, I'm calling that. But a lot of people would have been like, cool, that, that's what I thought. That's, that's why I asked you. He goes, no, 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 I'm not, I'm not Jesus. I'm, I'm not the Messiah. And they asked him, bro, are you a prophet? He's like, next level, you know, not the Messiah. He's like, I ain't even that. I'm not that. They're like, who are you? He goes, I'm just a man in the wilderness saying, make way for the Messiah. I'm just, I'm not the one. I'm just a man pointing at the one. That's all I am. After a while in ministry, it's easy to think you're the savior. You're the one. You're the the reason. I could start saying, I am why this place is growing. I am why souls are being saved. I am why our staff is this. I am, I am, I am. But the truth is, I'm just a man pointing. And Jesus said, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto myself. It means if we talk about Jesus, then people will come to know Jesus. That's what it means. It's that simple. 
if we talk about Jesus, people will come to know. We don't, Jesus doesn't need us to pretend that he's a fairy. He doesn't need, he's all right. He's cool with us telling people who he is. He was super loving and super tough. He was grace and truth. He doesn't need us to paint some other picture. God is good as is. It's easy for you to do the same, right? To start thinking that your blessed life is your because you're amazing. Start thinking you blessed yourself. You promoted yourself. You overcame your own sin. God didn't help. Your marriage is so good because your wife finally realized how good you are. Start giving people advice. Slowly but surely, leaving the work of Jesus Christ out of the story. <clears throat> yeah, well, first I bought this business and I did that and I invested in yada, 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 yada. And, and slowly but surely, Jesus is, is getting left out of the testimony. Or maybe we do it by changing the gospel so we don't have to confront the harder parts of the gospel. I'd be a liar if I said it's not some hard parts in there. There is, isn't there? And so we're like, well... I'm going to pull parts of Jesus out of the story because, you know. Can I tell you, you, you can tell everyone that your wife is a six and a half foot tall, blonde, whatever. But one day when they meet her, they'll be like, that's not how he described her. You hear what I'm saying? You can call Jesus whatever you want. But when they meet him, they're going to be like, that's not what they said. You want them to meet him one day or do you just want to keep talking about a part of him? We need to talk about who he is. Because who he is, grace and truth, sustains salvation and brings freedom in Jesus' name. Amen. We don't need to develop the NSOIV, the not so offensive international version of the Bible. In that version, we become the sugar and the light instead of the salt and the light. And when we're the sugar and the light... Everybody gets spiritual diabetes. We don't want that. It's the salt and the light. Can I get an amen? Right? In the NSOIV, in that Christmas becomes a holiday instead of a holy day. In that version, Herod is God because he said, don't talk about Jesus. Don't tell anybody about Jesus. We've got to kill all the baby Jesuses. Like, don't, don't, no, 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 no. We've got to shut our mouths. In that version, everybody's welcome, but no one's lives are transformed ever. Because there's no power in it. There's no hope in that version. There's no freedom in there. Listen, you're the salt and the light of the earth. And if you do that, And if you talk about Jesus, grace and truth and grace and truth and grace and truth and grace and truth, you will see so many people's lives transformed. Would you all mind standing up with me as I figure out how to land the plane? I took a flying lesson once, so I should be able to figure this out. Can I have the bando come back-o? Thank you. And I... um, so don't leave yet, like the sermon's not over, just FYI. Some people walking out are like banned or on serving out in the lobby, but the sermon's not over. Part of the sermon is we're going to sing in a minute, and then we're going to come back and talk for a second. There was a time when I wished Jesus was just the, I do not condemn you, God. 
Because that's what he said, right? He caught the hooker hooking. She's on the ground. He's like, hey, neither do I condemn you. But then he said, stop hooking. <laughs> that, that, that's the story, right? He did. He told her to stop. The, I, I, the thing is, I do not condemn you was super nice. And that's great because that sustains her relationship with God. But the quit hooking and I'll help you is the bit that brought freedom to her life. She didn't have to do it. Now, if she made a mistake again, well, the, the grace of God will sustain her salvation in that mistake. But he's going to say it again. Hey, quit that. We've got to quit that. We can't keep doing that, right? Grace and truth. You, you, you can be involved in people finding freedom and, in their lives instead of just, just love. Right? Like, like, let me give you an example. Maybe, men, maybe there's a man that you're friends with and he's about to walk out on his family. There was a time where I would have said to him, hey man, I don't really agree, but whatever you do, you're welcome. You know, I love you. And I'm like, I feel like that was a bit of a cop out. What we really need to do is, dude, I love you no matter what, but get your butt back home to your wife and kids now. That's what a friend does. A friend says, you said till death do us part, not till menopause do us part, not till, oh, he, she's not nice to me anymore. Do I, Hey, no, I'm not, I'm not even making a joke about that. A lot of marriages end at menopause. That's stupid. That's selfish, right? Oh, she's great, but now she's a bit angry. Now. Like, get over it. You said till death do us part. What the heck happened to death do us part, right? We need people to say, hey, you leave her? Yes, you're still welcome. Yes, we'll still go hunting together. Yes, we'll still be friends. But you need to know, you said till death do us part, get back there, man. God can fix this. God can fix your heart. God can fix it. God can mend your marriage. It can be made new. And then you might get to look back in six months or in six years and be like, see them worshiping in church with you together. Because you did all Jesus, grace and truth. Grace and truth. You can tell your friend to, that it's cool to keep getting drunk. Just keep drinking all the time. I'm not picking on you if you have a beer. I'm just saying scripture says don't get drunk. And I don't know many people who are like, I don't know why scripture says that. This whole getting drunk thing has been really beneficial in my life. Like, ain't nobody saying that. So why is it so hard for you to tell your friend, bro, you're always, or sis, you're always welcome here. We love you no matter what, but this is not good for your life. This needs to stop. I will help you. I will drive you to rehab. I, 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 will, I, I, will, I will pay for rehab. They told me to go to rehab, but I said no, no, no. I wish she said yes. She's dead. We need to tell the truth and give people grace. 
Come on. Y'all hear what I'm saying? You could get to see people's marriages restored. You could get to see people set free from addiction. You could get to see people live healthier lives because you didn't tiptoe around the fact that they eat 18 hamburgers a day. Say, I love you. You're welcome at church with your 18 hamburgers, but I don't think it's good for you. You hear what I'm saying? You can see people set free if you preach the whole gospel, but not if you do a bit of it. And people are like, well, the truth sets you free. You, you can't just do the truth either. You need both. In this church, people are welcome while they're dead in their sin. We're going to try and help them overcome it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. The world needs more Jesus. So let's get back to what I am saying. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. Jesus, the Word, is inside you. One scripture says, in your heart. The only way to let the Word out, to let the, some words out. Fascinating, right? Got to let some words out to let the words out. You ever heard that saying, preach the gospel and if necessary, use words? Hands up if you heard that. That's a load of garbage. People are like, you can't say that. He's a famous Catholic priest. I don't care. I ain't Catholic. I'm not. And that's the dumbest thing ever. That's like, I get it. You got you to gotta preach the gospel and be an example. Faith without works is dead, right? Like you, you got you to say it and you got to do it. I get it, right? You got to live your life in a way. But other people see it and then they give their lives to Christ and give glory to God. Absolutely. You got to do that, right? But preach the gospel and if necessary, use words. That's as dumb as saying feed the poor and if necessary, use some food. It's stupid, right? You need to let the words out by letting the words out. Now, ain't nobody in here who's called to be quiet about Jesus. Well, I'm just, God made me timid. Good. Get the Holy Ghost and get loud about the Holy Spirit. Amen. I'm sorry, about Jesus. Amen. About the Lord. Amen. And as you do, bring in, dra- bring in grace, bring in truth and grace, you'll get to see lives transformed all around you. I want to see more Jesus in my schools. I want to see more Jesus in our cities, in our workplaces. Hey, The world is hurting. They need more Jesus. And they need the people that know him to talk about him. (laughs) They need the people that have a relationship with God to talk about who he is. So they're not surprised when they meet him. And they're like, not as tall as they said. Hear what I'm saying? I want people to be like, man, he's even better than they said. Because he is even better than you could ever, ever explain to anybody. Amen. Did you receive that word, church? Come on. Thank you so much for listening to this message. If you enjoyed it, please check out our other episodes. If you would like to connect with Eternity Church, be sure to go to MyEternity.com or follow us on Facebook and Instagram at MyEternityChurch. We'll see you next week. Love you heaps.